Hello and welcome to Macpreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroes and here we go for episode 21. So, two weeks ago, I shared what I understand about Article 32 of the General Data Protection Regulation, and last week, I went through the MAC security audit aimed at helping businesses comply with GDPR. This week, I'll go deeper into the fundamentals of iOS security by guiding you through the audit that I have prepared for entrepreneurs and small business owners here in Luxembourg who are using iPhone and iPad in their business. By the way, this audit, including a summary report, is priced at 95 euros for my local clients. And as a MacPreneur listener, you have the privilege to get the audio version for free. If you'd like something more concrete and go through the audit digitally, I have prepared a self-assessment form coupled with a 30 minutes Skype call with me to discuss your results as well as my suggestions for improvement. And by using the coupon code PODCAST, you'll get 45 euros off the regular price. To benefit from this offer, simply click on the link in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 21. So now let's go through the audit. The first question that I ask is whether or not you have jailbroken your iOS device. And the reason I ask is because if you have done that, there is very little that uh, I can do or anyone can do to actually protect the device. By jailbreaking your device, you're actually removing all the security mechanisms that Apple has put in place on your device with two main consequences. First, any app on your jailbroken device can access sensitive data and information in any other app on your device. And second, jailbroken device uh, allow running applications that are what we call self-signed, meaning that uh, that are not that didn't go through the App Store approval process, meaning that there is no guarantee that the thing, the app that you will install, does not contain um, a vulnerability and uh, actually a virus. So even further going into accessing sensitive data and exfiltrating them uh, to the outside, to an outside server. This is why if you have jailbroken your device, we actually could stop the audit right now because yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not a secure device uh, at all. But let's assume your device is not jailbroken. So let's go ahead and um, the first thing that I check in the settings app is for your Apple ID, and I look whether or not your Apple ID password is unique and strong enough. So, like for the Mac audit, by strong I mean it has minimum 12 characters, mixing digits, upper and lowercase letters, as well as symbols. 
Now, in addition to having a strong and unique password, your iCloud or your Apple ID account should be protected by two-factor authentication. And going a step further, then I will go and check whether or not your trusted phone number is still valid because you need a valid trusted phone number to recover your account in case you forget your password, for instance. Now, the advantage of uh, activating iCloud on your iOS device is that now you have the possibility to activate Find My iPhone. And with this uh, feature, you can lock your device remotely, you can locate it, and you can also erase it uh, remotely if you wanted to. Now, there is a setting in under the Find My iPhone menu in iCloud is called Send Last Location. And this is something that I uh, recommend to check, to toggle on, because if your device, if the battery of your device is getting low, then it will automatically ping and send the location to the iCloud servers. When there is enough battery, it's, uh, it's only when you log into iCloud.com or you open the Find My iPhone app on another device that actually the iCloud server will try to locate your device. Your device is not sending its location all the time. With the send last location option in the Find My iPhone setting, you actually allow your device to automatically send the location whenever the battery is getting low. A second benefit of activating iCloud on an iPhone or an iPad is the ability to do iCloud backups. And uh, as I have explained earlier, having a good backup strategy with multiple backups, a local one and an off-site one, one being in the cloud, is always a good thing. So having an iCloud backup of your iOS device, it's always a good thing. With the caveat that you most probably will need to switch from the free iCloud storage plan of 5GB to a paid iCloud storage plan of either the 50GB at $1 per month or the 200GB at $3 per month. In addition to activating iCloud backup in my audits, I will check when the last successful iCloud backup has completed. The thing is, to, to complete, to perform an iCloud backup, three conditions need to be met. First, the iPhone or the iPad must be plugged into power, so it must be charging. The second, the iPhone or the iPad must be sleeping. And the third condition is that the iPhone or the iPad must be connected to Wi-Fi. So that means that if you charge your iPhone and your iPad during the night, it should back up 
automatically to iCloud. And when it's doing it automatically, it will do so at most once every 24 hours. Meaning that if I look at that data, the, the time it was last completed, I expect to see something that is between 24 and 48 hours ago. And this is uh, one of the criteria. If it's more than a week ago, then you can imagine that everything that happened on your device between the last backup and a potential failure or potential loss, well, this is something you will not be able to restore on your device. So it's important to check that the, the iCloud backup is performed on a regular basis. Now, for an iPad, because usually the battery is uh, slightly bigger and also because we, we tend to use it a bit less than an iPhone, it's rare that we need to charge it every day. Now, I recommend to put the iPad charging every two or three days anyway, just for the iCloud backup. And the last thing that I check under the Apple ID section of the settings app is the iTunes and the App Store menu. And here, uh, what I want to see is whether or not the automatic download for the updates, for the app updates, have been toggled on. Now, with iOS 12, there is an option to do automatic uh, downloads for the operating system, but that's another thing. Here, what is um, important is the automatic downloads of the updates of the apps so that whenever an app developer finds a vulnerability, that app will be updated usually in the background uh, overnight. Staying in the settings app, now I go to the general menu and in general I will go to the about submenu. And here the question is which version of iOS are you running on your device? So from a security perspective on iPhone iPad we would like to have the latest version of iOS installed on the device. And at the time of recording, it would be iOS 12. Now, if you remember uh, two podcasts ago, I said that in iOS and macOS uh, as well, whenever there is a change, whenever there is a new operating system, so a new big version that appears, there is actually a risk of security vulnerabilities that may not have been discovered and patched by Apple yet. So there is a window of time just after the release of a new operating system where actually it's more secure to stay on the previous one. So at the time of recording, iOS 11.4.1 is still, to me, the most secure version of iOS because there isn't any uh, special vulnerability that has been discovered that has that is putting actually iOS 11.4.1 in jeopardy at the, at the time of recording. Now, whenever iOS 12.0.2 will be released or 
12.1 will be released, then at that time, my advice will be to upgrade your device and uh, have the latest version of OVIOS. If we go to the software update menu, the next question is whether or not you toggled on automatic uh, updates. And still in uh, settings general, if we go to airdrop, now we look at how airdrop is configured. And the recommendation is to have either receiving off, meaning that it's not possible to see your device, so somebody else cannot see your device to try to do an to, to send a file or a picture through airdrop, or to put contacts only, meaning that only the people who are in your address book will be able to see your device and ask request to send files to your device. Now going up a level to the display and brightness menu inside the settings app, the next thing that I check is the autolock value. And here it should be put to the minimum value possible to do the, the autolock. Now it's important to understand that autolock on an iPhone is similar to putting the display or the screen to sleep mode on a Mac. It doesn't necessarily mean that the password will be required. So autolock means after a certain amount of time, the screen will go dark and we'll see in another uh, menu in settings whether or not the password is required at the same time. Now to look at that uh, setting, we have to go a level up still in the settings app, but now we, now we go to Touch ID and passcode if your device has Touch ID, or it will be called Face ID and passcode if you have an iPhone X, a XS, XS Max, or XR, or it will just say passcode if you have a device without a Touch ID or Face ID. Here, obviously, the question is do you have a passcode to unlock your device? This is for me the, the minimum requirement. Every device needs to have a, a passcode. And then, similarly to iCloud and, and your Apple ID, is the device passcode that you have set unique and strong? And as much as in the past, Apple was suggesting a, a four-digit passcode and then went up to six-digit passcode, nowadays, a passcode that has only digits, even eight or ten, is not strong enough. So there is a, a device in the wild uh, actually uh, sold to law enforcement. It's called um, Gray Key by the company Gray Shift. And with this uh, Gray Key device, it has uh, two lightning ports and you can put, you can plug up to two iOS devices, iPhone and iPad. And they found a way to actually try a lot of passcodes very quickly different combinations of passcodes. And so if you have a four-digit passcode, your iPhone can be cracked in a matter of minutes. If it's six-digit passcode, it's a little bit more, but we're still talking about very quick. Eight-digit passcode is a little bit longer, but we're talking about days. 
Now, I recorded this episode on the 24th of October 2018, and the same day, Thomas Brewster from Forbes published an article saying or claiming that with iOS 12, Apple patched the flow that Greyki is exploiting. Now, neither Greyshift nor Apple have uh, confirmed officially, and uh, it also could be that in the future, Grayshift may find another vulnerability or another flaw that it could exploit to make Grayki work again with iOS 12 devices. And assuming that it's actually closed with iOS 12, Grayki is still capable of cracking iOS 11 and earlier on iPhones and iPads. So you can see that if you want to actually protect the data on your device, you need to put a unique and strong passcode. And this is uh, similar to the Apple ID and iCloud. Here I go, same recommendation, minimum 12 characters, mixing digits, upper and lowercase letters, as well as symbols. Now, it's not very convenient, but if you have a device with Touch ID or Face ID, this is where it's uh, highly recommended to actually use those biometric features because you can set a very strong password and you won't need to enter it as much because you can use your thumb or you can use uh, you can look at the the iPhone and have facial recognition that will unlock the device. The next thing that I check in that menu is if whether or not your device passcode is required immediately. And by immediately, we mean immediately after the screen has been locked. So this is where, even if for convenience reason, you may have put that auto lock at two minutes or five minutes, it's always a good habit to have that whenever you put your device on, on a table or somewhere where when you don't use your device, take the habit of pressing the on-off button so that actually you force the screen to be locked. And that means that you will force the passcode or Touch ID, Face ID to be required immediately. The next thing that I look at in that section is whether or not some of the features of your iPhone are accessible on the lock screen. And now I understand, fully understand that there is a balance between security and convenience. But if you want to have a maximum security, you actually need to deactivate as much as possible, as much as you can tolerate to deactivate functionalities on the lock screen. So that actually, that means no to the view, no notifications, no control center, especially no Siri, because if you have Siri on the lock screen, anyone who takes your iPhone can say, hey, lady, who am I? And we'll see all your contact information. And also you can say, hey, lady, please call my mom, please call. And uh, your device will actually follow the command. So. And there have been exploits recently also with the release of iOS 12, where actually it was using Siri as the beginning of the exploit to get access to 
private data. So deactivate Siri on the lock screen, deactivate the possibility to reply with a message, deactivate home control, deactivate the wallet, deactivate the possibility to return missed calls and deactivate USB accessories. So the USB accessories is an interesting one, is that you can still plug your device, charge it, but it will block data access to your device if you plug it to a computer. The final uh, setting that I look at in the passcode uh, area is whether or not you have activated the fact that data will be erased after 10 failed passcode attempts. Now to be super secure, this is something that I recommend to toggle on, meaning that if someone tries 10 passcodes, then well, your device will be erased. And so they will not be able to access the data, but at the same time, you won't be able to locate it with uh, Find My iPhone either. So it's uh, something to, to think about. Now going back to the top level of the settings app and into the privacy section, the question that I ask in my audit is, when was the last time you audited the location services authorization? Meaning having a look at which applications can access your GPS coordinates or your location coming from the Wi-Fi access point that you're connected to. This is something that I recommend to audit on a weekly basis, if possible, or at least once a month. The same similar question is how often do you audit the apps that have access to your contacts, your calendar, your reminders, the photos, your camera and the microphone, etc. So all those things having the habit to go to the settings app and double check, especially the new applications that you may have installed in the past, in the past couple of weeks, see whether or not they actually need access to all this data. The next thing that I recommend to look at is whether or not you have iPhone and an Apple Watch analytics sharing toggled on. Here I recommend to toggle it off. If there is a bug, for instance, there may be confidential information going through the analytics sharing. So I recommend to turn it off. So the iPhone and Apple Watch analytics sharing, but also the iCloud analytics sharing. Going up a level, so still in settings and then Safari. Here I check whether or not you are blocking the pop-ups automatically. And also if the fraudulent website warning option has been activated. Something that I recommend also to toggle off is to have a look at the camera and microphone access. So normally we don't need from Safari to have access to the camera and the microphone. So it's better from a security perspective to actually toggle it off. And whenever you need that, then you go into settings, Safari, you temporarily toggle it on, you access the website you want, and then you toggle it off again. The next thing is the autofill menu. And here I recommend actually 
to deactivate autofill for contact information and for usernames, passwords and credit cards. Now with iOS 12, there is a new functionality, meaning that the autofill is not uh, restricted to Safari. And if you have a password manager installed on your device, like 1Password or LastPass, you will see now an option to do autofill for this other password manager. And so my recommendation is to toggle off autofill for the built-in uh, iCloud keychains or Safari passwords and contact information, but toggle it on for your password manager of choice, because then you will still need to authenticate to access your password vaults from your password manager. Still in Safari, there is a, a menu called content blockers. And here the question is whether or not you have installed a content blocker. Now, when we say content blocker, a lot of people think about ads uh, primarily. And we're not just talking about uh, removing ads because they may be annoying. We're actually talking about not only removing ads, but also removing scripts and blocking any scripts that may run on the page that you visit. Now, an ad is just one type of script. And the problem is that there could be what we call malvertising, meaning it's, a, it's code running in the ad that may be malicious. Now, in addition to that, there may be other scripts that you don't see, you cannot see that it, it's happening. But this code that is running on the web page that you're accessing may also be malicious and may take advantage of a security vulnerability that Apple has not discovered yet or patched yet. So it's, that's why it's important to have a content blocker, not to get rid of annoying ads, but because it's a way to protect yourself as well. And in the case of a mobile device on 4G or LTE or things like that, you will actually uh, increase the speed. So sur surfing speed will be bigger and you will reduce as well the data consumption while on 3G or 4G or LTE. And now we are reaching the last uh, section of the audit what I call other security items. The first thing that I check is whether or not you have a local backup solution. And the question is, how often do you backup your device to a computer? So it could be a Mac or a, or a PC. It could be via iTunes or it could be via another third-party application. And here, ideally, like iCloud and, and like Time Machine on the Mac, the best is if it's done automatically. Now, if you can do it once a day, again, it's, it's very good. So in an ideal case, you would have a daily local backup on a computer and a daily iCloud backup for your iPhone. The next question is whether or not this local backup is encrypted. And it's important if you use iTunes to toggle on the option for encrypting the local backup, because if you do that, you will get additional data saved. So additional data backed up, like your health data, Wi-Fi password, and so on. Now, if you're using a third-party web browser on your iPhone, on your iPad, 
like Chrome, like Firefox, then it's important to also deactivate the autofill option for usernames and passwords for that third-party uh, web browser. Unless you don't store passwords in those, then it doesn't matter, obviously. And the final point of my audit is because you may be connecting your device to untrusted Wi-Fi network. The question is whether or not you are using a VPN, so virtual private network solution, when connecting to those networks, like in, in a cafe, in a hotel, or in a, in a conference room or something like that. As soon as you connect your device to a Wi-Fi network that is not trusted, it's best to activate the VPN. So this concludes my iOS device security audit. And as I said at the beginning of the show, as a MacPreneur listener, you get to go through a digital self-audit and have a 30 minutes Skype call with me to discuss the outcome and a concrete action plan. So to benefit from this exclusive offer, just click on the link in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 21 and use coupon code podcast to get 45 euros off the regular price. Now, before I conclude this episode, I'd like to make a quick announcement. In order to better accommodate my current workload, the frequency of the show will change to a bi-weekly release schedule. And by bi-weekly, I mean every other weeks or fortnightly. Uh, in fact, my professional workload has been steadily increasing and I've been sacrificing sleep a bit too much lately, which is uh, unfortunately a recipe for burnout. So because I'd like to avoid that as much as possible, I've decided to uh, give me a bit more time between a podcast episodes. I hope you'll understand. And uh, until next time, I'm Damien Schroes, wishing you a great day.